Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 537. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. We have both of them, and they're free. We even include the postage and handling, so that you have no excuse as to at the judgment bar of God that you never had an opportunity to study the Word of God. Studying the Word of God is not like reading the Word of God. Reading the Word of God, some people read the Word of God like they're reading the morning newspaper. It isn't that way. It's a lot deeper. The Word of God is spirit and it is life. It is actually a living God himself. The Word of God is the living God and Christ is the living God. Emmanuel in the flesh. Okay, God meaning God is with us. Praise the Lord. I've got some uh, a lot of Bible reading, and I'm going to expound. I haven't been expounding so much because the word that I'm reading to you from the Bible, directly from the Bible, is so self-explanatory that it doesn't need that much expounding. But I still have expounded on it somewhat so that there couldn't be any mistake in your interpretation or the interpretation that the Word of God is, really is. There's no private interpretation. The only one that has the private interpretation of the Word of God is God himself. And so many people say that they don't understand the Word of God. And the reason that they're saying this is because they're carnal men and women. In other words, natural men and women. The Bible calls them natural. If you're not born again of the Spirit, then you're called a natural man. You're of your father the devil, or your father, the uh, first Adam. Now there's the last Adam, which is Jesus. After Adam and Eve sinned, they became natural. Before that, they were supernatural because they had everlasting life. They lived forever and ever and ever. And they never would have had to die. But after they fell, everybody that was born, and they're the mother Eve was the mother of all flesh, so there was no other woman or no other couple on the face of this earth that brought forth children. There was no other man that brought forth children. So there wasn't anything. Uh, Eve could not have committed adultery on Adam, and he could not have committed adultery on her or fornication on her because that they were the only two. But the natural man will not receive, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for if they are foolishness unto a natural man, a carnal man. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. But the natural man, in other words, the carnal man, the man that's made out of flesh, the man that does not believe in uh, the supernatural, so therefore he's just natural. But those of us that are supernatural, we believe that the Spirit is the one that created everything and that it is the Spirit, therefore, that has all the power. The things that are made were made by things that you cannot see, and that is the Holy Spirit. You can't see the Holy Spirit. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven because the king, that's why Jesus said the kingdom of heaven comes without observation. You cannot observe it. It's a spiritual thing. 
He said, you can see uh, the trees blowing, but you can't see the wind. You just cannot see the wind. It's invisible. And wind and spirit and soul are all the same word. Breath, spirit, and wind are all the same Jewish word. But uh, so, therefore, the wind is actually the same wind that when Ezekiel was prophesying over a bunch of dry bones, there were people laying all around. Their bones were just scattered everywhere. And the Lord told Ezekiel to prophesy over those bones uh, that they should have meat and flesh and blood and skin and hair on them again. But they'd been laying out there dry for a long time. And so he said, prophesy over those bones. And so they started, there was like an earthquake, and those bones started rattling, and they started coming together. And then the Lord put uh, flesh or meat on them, carne. Then he had put some sinew on them and then veins and blood and, and also skin. And they were laying there all dead men. And so he commanded the wind, which is the same as uh, the uh, spirit and also breath, nema. He says, okay, tell them to have nema, the wind blow into their nose, the breath of life. And uh, when that happened, they all stood up on their feet. And because even though you have the natural spirit in you, that doesn't mean that you're born again of the spirit or that you're supernatural because you happen to just be a natural man. Now, then, in order to be born again of the spirit in other words to become supernatural you have to accept the word of god which is jesus is in in into you but you know you're not going to receive the word of god because uh, the natural man cannot receive uh, the things of the holy spirit of god because you're dead and the dead know nothing in other words you're a nothing type person for they are and you say i'm offending you so what you're nothing so i don't mind if i offend a nothing type person you're just a natural man you have no power to uh, of supernatural things the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of god for they are foolishness unto people like you that are unsaved they're foolishness why you have your carnal life your natural life you have uh, everything which you think you need but then when the lord starts coming down upon you he sends the death angel then you say oh my god this is a supernatural being he's coming from me he's calling my name somebody's going to call your name one of these days so it says, uh, they're foolishness unto you, the things of God, the Spirit of God, the Word of God is the Spirit of God. Neither can you know them. You cannot know them because they are spiritually discerned. 
because they are spiritually discerning. That in the Bible is spelled with a small s, spiritually discerned. Well, why can you not spiritually discern them? You have a spirit in you. Yes, you do, but it's dead. The Bible says that your spirit is dead without the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God mingling in with your spirit, and therefore a dead spirit knows nothing. You can't discern anything because you're dead. Neither can a non-spiritual man know them, the things of God, because they are small as spiritually discerned. Your spirit has to be made alive before you can understand the things of God. When people tell me, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Well, then I'd say, well, it's because uh, they're spiritually discerned and your spirit is not alive yet. You have to become born again of the spirit. It's a must. Jesus said, you must be born again of the spirit. But he that is spiritually spiritual, I mean, he, the person who's been woke, uh, has been brought back to life. His spirit is resurrected by the Holy Spirit entering into them. They can judge all things. They know everything that the word says. Yet he himself is judged of no man, meaning carnal man. I mean, you might be, they might judge you, but it's not the correct judgment at all because these judges that are sitting behind benches, they're not alive spiritually or they wouldn't be making up all different kinds of rules and regulations and different sentences for different people. They themselves are not alive yet and so they really don't have the power to judge correctly. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we, those of us, so no man, it says, for who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? Not to you that are dead out there, that your spirits are still not alive, but we, those of us that are born again of the Spirit, have the mind of Christ. What does that mean? We have the mind of Christ. Because when we're holding a Bible in our hands and we're reading the Bible, that is the mind of Christ. And when we read the Bible and we're telling people what the Bible says, then you're hearing from me the mind of Christ. And if you don't receive from the mind of Christ, that means you're listening to Satan, and that's your God. You're put on the mind of Satan. You wicked person. Now that's First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Pick it up and read it for yourself. Now, uh, we're going to play for you Amazing Grace. That means amazing power. Amazing power. Now, this is done by the London Philharmonic Choir and the National Philharmonic Orchestra. Here it is, Amazing Grace, which really means amazing power of God, the Holy Spirit.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, that was the London Symphony Orchestra Choir and the National Philharmonic Orchestra singing and playing for you Amazing Power. Amazing Power. Power! The Holy Spirit is power. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, we were reading, I was explaining, expounding on 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. And I told you that uh, we'd be, I'd have one of these sisters here read it out of the Bible so that you know that I didn't make this up. So go ahead and read it, somebody. But the natural man receiveth not the But the natural man, in other words, the dead man, the man whose spirit hasn't been born again of the spirit. Your spirit has not been resurrected from its deadness. But the natural man does what? Receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. Right, the spirit, that's capital S, the spirit, capital spirit of God. Then what? For they are foolishness unto him. Yes, you know. Can you imagine a dead person thinking that God is foolishness and God is the word? Okay, then what? Neither can he know them. No, you can't know them because the dead know nothing. And how could you, if you don't even know how to conduct your own life, many of you people are going down the tubes because you lost your houses and everything, and you act like you know something. You don't even know how to take care of your natural self let alone of anything supernatural. So they're foolishness unto you, and therefore you're in the mess you are in. Then what? Because they are spiritually discerned. Yes, your spirit has to be awakened, brought forth to life by the Holy Spirit in order for you to understand the things of God because they can't be understood by a dead spirit. Okay, then what? Verse 15, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yes, those of us that are, have, are spiritual, we've been, our spirits have been resurrected from the dead by the Holy Spirit. We understand everything that's in the Bible. Then what? Yet he himself is judged of no man. No, you, you as a man, you cannot judge us correctly because you don't even know yourself. Uh, first of all, you don't know anything, and so you don't have the capacity like these judges in the world and like the Pope and like uh, Clinton or Bush or any of these people. They don't know what end is up. Then what? Verse 16, for who hath known the mind of the Lord? Yeah, who is, who's known the mind of the Lord? I do because I know the Bible. And the Bible happens to be the mind of the Lord. And that's why the Bible says to put on the mind of the Lord. In other words, put the word of God into your mind. In other words, you're a stoop. You're a stoop a nagel. Okay? Because if you don't put on the mind of Christ, if you don't care how he thinks and what he likes and what he doesn't like, well, then you're just you're a natural man. You don't want to put on the mind of Christ because to you it's foolishness, which is absolute proof that you're not saved and that you think that God's word is foolish. And therefore, unless you repent, you're going to hell. You're on your way. If you died right now, you'd be in hell. Okay, then what? Who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We, have, we that are born-again Christians, our spirits have been resurrected from the dead. 
we have the mind of Christ. Now, all these foolish people in the world that don't have the mind of Christ, they haven't been spiritually resurrected, uh, they say that no one is perfect because they don't put on the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ says that uh, let, let your heart, in other words, your spirit, be perfect. First Kings 8.61. Let your heart be perfect. Anyone have that yet? Yes. Okay, read it, please. Let your heart, therefore, be perfect with the Lord our God, to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments. In other words, in his word, how would you know his commandments if you don't read his word, if you don't have the mind of Christ? Is that it? As at this day. Okay. Now, that's the mind of Christ. But it's foolishness unto you because you don't realize it because you don't know anything that your soul's going to hell unless you put on the mind of Christ. Okay, now Psalms 119, 1 through 3. Blessed are the undefiled. That means the perfect. Who has it? I have it. Read it, please. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Right. We don't do any sin because when a person sins, they're defiled and they cannot go to heaven. A person that has sin on their soul. that Now, this is the mind of Christ because these are his statutes. Now, God makes my way perfect. That's in Second Samuel 22:33. Now, of course, this is foolishness to you um, people or idiots. The Bible says you know nothing, so that means you're, you know, you're dead. You're, so far as thinking is concerned, you're dead. You're like a dead duck. Okay. Second Samuel chapter. Um, 22, verse 33. God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. I thought you said that you couldn't be perfect. God is not a cruel God. He destroys sinners. That isn't cruel. That's what the, uh, the judges should be doing today. As soon as they kill somebody, and they know for sure that they killed somebody, and they admit to it. They shouldn't give them lifetime. The Bible, the mind of God says that they should be killed. If they murdered somebody, they to be killed. Otherwise, the land is defiled and God will curse the land. And that's why America and many other lands are, are uh, being defiled. And the Lord is destroying them. Now, Asa's heart was perfect. Asa, a young Jewish man, First Kings, First King, fifteen fourteen. But the high places were not removed. Nevertheless, Asa's heart was perfect with the Lord all his days. Well, but the carnal man, the man that's dead, the man that thinks uh, that the word of God is foolish, says no one's perfect. And you actually have people that call themselves preachers that say that. Okay, Second King, yeah, uh, verse, chapter 20, verse 3. 
I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. That's Hezekiah. Right? Right. With a perfect heart. Well, you don't have to be perfect, they say, because they want your soul to go to hell. Okay, now, we're talking about all these different things that you carnal people don't understand. Of course you don't understand, because you're dead, and you don't know anything. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The eyes, 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord, okay? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Oh, my. Well, of course, the unsaved reprobate, uh, the bastard, uh, the bastard is the one that doesn't have God for their father, says no one can be perfect. Now, Job, chapter 1, verse 1, says Job was perfect. Go ahead. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And now that we have the spirit of God living in us, spirit of Christ with the Father by the Spirit, you mean to say he didn't have that, but we do. You mean to say that we can't be perfect? You liars, you stinking, filthy, rotten liars, you devils out of hell. Trying to make people believe that they don't have to be perfect to get into heaven when the Bible plainly says that you have to. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, and this happens to be the New Testament. All scripture given that the man of God may be perfect. Okay, read it. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. 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 Put on the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. Then what? Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Yes, if you're perfect, you're able to do the work of the Lord. And then James 1, 4 states, uh, let patience have her perfect work. Go ahead. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Okay, and the Psalm 22, verse 3 says, but thou art holy, O thou, he's talking about God, thou that lives in the praises of Israel. That's the body of Christ. All those that are saved. And another thing is they say that you can't go to hell. You can't go to hell. They always put that instead of can't, they go, you can't. You can't go to hell. The Lord ain't gonna let you go to hell. Hebrews 10:26. For if we sin voluntarily, willfully, after having received the knowledge of the truth, uh, thou wilt be no more, there will be no more sacrifice, sacrifices for more sins, that you could commit more sins. 
if you commit more sins, there's no more uh, forgiveness for you. All right? Is that fair? Yeah. They say, uh, no, that's not fair. God is a bad God and he won't let us sin. Well, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be in heaven with you because I'm sick and tired of the sinners in this world. That's why I preach the gospel to you. If you don't want to receive the word of God, then, you know, as the Lord says, to hell for you boys and girls, to hell with you. Hell for you. All right, so we have some letters. Do you want to hear some letters that love the word of God? Oh, okay, that was, somebody said, Amen. All right, let, let's hear them. Where's the first one from? Uh, this is from the Witnessing Crew in El Paso, Texas. Okay. Of the 30,000 pieces of literature we distributed, 27,000 of them were in Spanish. The Mexican people were very grateful to receive love and affection, dry bones and a copy of the radio flyer in their own language. Muchas gracias was the most common response from the thousands of Mexican people who were handed your soul-winning literature at the entrance of the United States from Mexico. We also handed out much literature in the Mexican plazas, the streets, and bus depots near the border, where many commuted back and forth between Mexico and the United States. People stopped to read the literature, while others read it as they walked. It was a constant flow of people coming over the border to receive the liberty that no longer can be found in America, but that abides in the Word of God. We couldn't pass the tracks out fast enough. One soul was saved, desiring after his salvation to become a distributor of your wonderful literature. Several others, who were Christians already, after finding out what the literature was about, asked for literature to distribute right there and then, and to take back to Mexico. There was a man who, after being handed the literature, confessed he had been feeling worthless and was on the verge of committing suicide. After being confronted with the power of the Word of God in the Spirit, his countenance changed, his eyes lit up, and hope filled his heart. He received the truth that without Christ we are all worthless and without hope in the world. He received the truth that suicide is murder and that no murderer will enter the kingdom of heaven, but instead faces an eternity of hellish torment in hell in the lake of fire. After listening to the simplicity of the gospel, he said that before this witness, several friends and relatives had tried to comfort him by telling him that Jesus loved him and that he just needed a little fun in his life. He said their words did nothing for him, but that the message we were bringing him was different than anything he had ever heard in his life. We read some of your gospel literature together on how we must put God first in our lives in order to abide under God's blessings and obtain peace and happiness. The man said our preaching made him afraid to die. We told him to praise God for the fear of the Lord because it is by the fear of the Lord that we depart from evil. On the whole, our trip was blessed. We had the truth in our hands, in our hearts, and in our mouths, ready to answer one and all. Praise the Lord and thank you, Pastor Tony, for the true doctrine you teach, preach, and write that we in turn can distribute freely to all. It was very exciting to distribute your literature in other languages and to see such good responses. Praise God. Amen, because it's really exciting to see somebody reading a piece of literature that you've written, that the Lord has given me, and 
see them very despondent and then all of a sudden they start perking up and then there gets a little glimmer in their eye and then a great big sparkle in their eye and for them to start praising and thanking the Lord. That to me is the most exciting thing on the face of this earth. And now you have another one? Yes, from Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. To Pastor Tony, I listen to you every morning on WWCR shortwave. I feel blessed by your truth. I, it, I'm sorry. I feel blessed by your truthful, hardcore preaching. If one tenth of the pastors in the USA preached like you, this nation would turn around overnight. I don't have a lot of money, but I set, but I send you what I can. Thanks, Bill. P.S. Please send me Alberto Rivera's book on the Vatican. Okay, well, I'm really not a distributor of Alberto Rivera's work, uh, but I do have a few of his books around here that he gave me several years ago, and I'll send you one of my... I have uh, bought a few of them because there are some uh, that show how the Vatican uh, is the very organization that uh, created the Muslim religion to do the dirty work for them, so that they are not held, most people will not hold the Catholic cult responsible for all the cultish things that they have and the murders that they have the Muslims doing. So we'll send him one of those, uh, or even, yeah, one of them. And if he wants more, we'll send him some of those. I bought uh, two cases of those, because that's very good. But I bought them from Jack Chick chick publications and you can order them by the thousand over there okay because uh, even though alberta was a very good friend of mine he used to joke a lot with me and tell me we ought to fly over the vatican and uh, dump a bunch of pope secrets that you've written that the lord gave you over the vatican and i said what are you a double agent or something telling me to do something that's stupid I says, don't you know that anything bigger than a pigeon that flies over the Vatican will be shot down? That's a very militant group. They have Swiss guards out there with uh, uh, the Hebrew Uzi submachine guns over there. And uh, you don't want to do anything like that. As a matter of fact, I try to stay away from that as much as possible. Okay, is that it? A short note from okay. Annandale, Virginia. Dear sir, I finished rereading several pieces of your literature. I'll pass them along to others. They were very good and helpful. Bless you for all you do. Sincerely, Mark Rowdy Bush. Is that it? Yes. All right. Sing aloud unto the Lord. Um, unto God, he's our strength. You know, and when you sing unto the Lord, you start receiving the spiritual strength. Now, if you're dead in your spirit, ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come in and then begin singing aloud unto God, who is our strength. The Bible says that. God is our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. That's in Psalms 81, verse 1. Okay, so I, I like to have them read. Have you found it yet? That's very easy to find. Yes. Hey, read it. Sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Okay, and Jacob's name was changed to Israel by God. 
And the land that the Palestinians want is Israel. It belongs to Israel, not to the Palestinians. Okay, he's the God of Jacob, not the God of the Palestinians. Psalms 81.1 As you sing aloud, the vibrations of your singing, your song, will go out. And the mighty angels of God will come and fight your battles for you. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Amen. So you should praise the Lord all the time and praise him with song. Amen. Amen. The angels love godly music. It reminds them of heaven and attracts them to help you to fight your battles. When you are like a heavenly creature on this mud ball that we're living on down here, and some of the angels hear you singing praises unto the Lord, well, they come immediately to fight your battles for you because it reminds them of heaven. Amen? Amen. They know you're attached to heaven when you sing praises unto God. Amen? Amen. They know it. And here they come. Praise the Lord. A band of angels. Coming after me. Coming for to carry me home. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So they'll fight your battles for you. God hears your song. God loves to hear you singing songs of praise unto the Lord. He loves it as well. He loves it. Help will come to you as you sing aloud unto God. So that's why it says the angels love godly music. So sing aloud unto the Lord uh, God. Quote, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise uh, to the rock of our salvation. Pray, this is Psalms. Stay right there, Psalms 95, 1. Oh, make a joyful noise to the rock of your, our salvation. Hey, you know, isn't it wonderful to be saved? Amen. If you're hanging from a cliff and you see ball, all this fire down below, and then all of a sudden the angels come and lift you right up on the rock. Amen. Amen. And that's salvation, kiddos. All right. Amen. So you should sing, pra- sing praises unto the Lord. Psalm 95 1. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. See, I didn't make that up. That's the mind of Christ coming right out of the Lord. Amen. Amen. As you sing to the rock, water will gush out of it to refresh your thirsty soul. Let's face it. Uh, Here on earth, what do we get refreshed with? Do we get? It's water, isn't it? Yes. Ice that's made out of water also. And we have the water that's on the other side of the firmament. Water will come out of the rock. You will see the glory of the Lord. For the song of the Lord is accompanied by his glory. Every great revival was uh, accompanied with music 
a lot of music. If you have revival in your soul, you will sing and sing and sing all the time instead of walking around with a face that's uh, disgusting to look at. Get a smile on your face. That's better. People will look at you. Okay? Music and the Lord will look at you and so will the angels. Music has always played a great part in my life. I am remember, I can remember times when I was in all kinds of uh, different places and ever since I've been saved, uh, Susie has always pushed me to sing and to show me how that the Lord wants us to sing. Susie couldn't sing. She said she sounded like Donald Duck. But she sang anyway. She loved to sing. By our receiving what the Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 3 about such things as apprehending, uh, in other words, understanding. When you uh, apprehend something, you understand it. That you understand knowing and uh, feeling we are certain this strengthening with might in the inner man renders it highly sensitive like the body the spirit they have their functions the body has its function the spirit has its function. The soul has its function. They have their function in uh, consciousness. Well, you know, if somebody sticks you with a pin, you're conscious of it, aren't you? Yes. Unless you're a, a nummy. Okay? The body has a uh, conscience. It, it, uh, it's uh, conscious. And the spirit has a consciousness also. It's not just the body that has consciousness. They have their functions. The body has its function. And the spirit has his functions. So before we're filled with the mighty inflow or the infilling of the Holy Spirit power into our spirits, Believers are not rarely capable to detect its intuitive power because we do have intuitions, spiritual intuitions, and the flesh really doesn't have that much. But after they've grown for a while in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, rather, its intuitive force becomes very distinctive and therefore readily discovered. In other words, you, once you are united with the Holy Spirit, your intuitive spirit becomes very distinctive. You can uh, really pick up on what the Lord wants you to do all the time because you're always singing and praising the Lord. As the inner man is energized 
In other words, as the Holy Spirit energizes your mortal spirit has been brought to life and is now immortal with the Holy Spirit in it, as the inner man is energized by the Holy Spirit, its intuitive power, in other words, the intuition, the spiritual intuition is increased. Believers are able to sense the Holy Spirit's slightest movement. The effect of having our spirit filled with God's powerful Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to allow us full sway over the soul and the body so that we are able to discern everything of the soul and of our body, even our minds, in the Spirit of God. Every thought and every desire that God has in the body and every sensation and intent is now governed by what? Our spirit. Our spirit. We must govern everything by our spirit. We have to govern our body by our spirit. We have to govern our body by our spirit, our soul by our spirit. We have to have a spirit, our own spirit, to follow the Lord's spirit. But we must make our spirit follow the commandments of the Lord's spirit, the word of God. The soul can no longer act independently as it did before our spirit has to uh, govern in other words, our spirit has to govern what the Spirit of God says. And the Spirit of the Lord is the Word of God. It becomes, instead, the Spirit's overseer or steward. The Word does. On top of this, through the believer's spirit, the Holy Spirit is able to give something or impart God's life or give God's life to thirsty and dying men's spirits. So that many people's spirits are about ready to die because they don't know how to take authority over their soul and their flesh. So our spirit has to get a hold of the Lord's spirit in order to have that power. Because uh, God gives life to thirsty and dying men's spirits. So that their spirits are able to govern both body and soul. Uh, so that our spirit must be the governor of both body and soul. Well, how do we do that? Because God is applying his power to our soul as we praise and thank him and read the word. It's like, first of all, like when you're painting a building, you spray it with a primer. You apply this primer onto the building. And then you put the first, when that dries, you put the first coat on. You're applying another coat onto the building. 
and then you apply after that the second coat, and then that usually does the trick. Amen? Amen. Well, that's the way the Lord works. He wants your spirit. He is the God of application, and he wants to apply his spirit into you one coat at a time until your spirit has the power to govern both your body and your soul and are able to follow the Holy Spirit of the Lord. But this filling of the Holy Spirit is different from the baptism with the Holy Spirit because the latter, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was for the purpose of us serving the Lord while the former solves the problem of life. When you get the... um, the first coat, that's the life that you get. Then you have to get the, the latter coat. In other words, you have eternal life, but you need to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the infilling of the Spirit or the primer, the first coat and the second coat because the Lord is the kind of God that likes to apply His holy, the first coat on or the primer, and then he wants to give you life. And uh, first he brings you under conviction, that's the primer. Then you get the first coat, and then you get the second coat. Okay, at first I liken it as unto building a sandwich. But I think the first, the primer, the first and second coat is better. Huh? Yeah. All right, okay. So the infilling of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of service, in other words, serving the Lord, So the problem of life, naturally, it will affect service as well. Because you have the other, all three applications. Okay, the Lord is the Holy Spirit. And then he brings the application spirit in. Amen? Amen. He's the God of applying. Applying. Okay? Line upon line. And what's the answer? Precept upon precept here a little, there a little. Amen? Amen. Okay, he applies it to you. It will affect service as well. So you have to be saved in uh, in order to even serve the Lord. But this is talking about really serving the Lord. Okay? Walking around according to the to the spirit your spirit we have to determine to make our spirit do what the holy spirit wants it to do the word of god tells us to do transformation from soul life to spiritual life you're being transformed i mean you got a soul life man that's you just doing whatever the finger popping just whatever they'd be doing out in the world. Amen? But the Lord wants all that jive talk taken away because it's not of the Lord. That's so you have to be transformed, okay, from a worm to a butterfly. Okay? It's a metamorphosis. Transformation from soul life to spiritual life does not guarantee that believers ever again will 
walk according to the flesh. It doesn't guarantee that. The Bible plainly tells that they do. On the contrary, this is an ever-present danger that exists of falling back or falling away from the Lord into it. Satan is constantly alert to seize every opportunity to cause a person to plunge from their lofty position, sitting with Christ in heavenly places, and plunge them into a life below the actual level of God's word. It is therefore highly necessary for God's children to be very watchful at all times, pray always, and to follow the Holy Spirit so that they may uh, remain saved in heavenly in the heavenly spiritual realm. I see my time is up. This always bums me out because I could go on all night talking about these spiritual things because I'm a spiritual being. I'm not dead in my spirit. In other words, I know what's going on, folks. And you'll know what's going on, too, if you listen long enough. And if you are really desirous of not spending eternity in, in the lake of fire. Now, this is the time of my broadcast that I always encourage people to accept uh, the Lord. Because it's a commandment from the Lord that you must be born again. And so, therefore, the way that you start out in salvation, and you can move along very fast. The sooner you surrender to the Lord's word, the sooner you're going to become a spiritual giant. But first steps first, you must accept the kingdom of heaven as a little infant and then start studying the word and reading it and praising and thanking the Lord and all the things that you're supposed to do and be nice to people, except you have to reprove and rebuke them when you become of age. Well, uh, the way you start out is just let's receive the kingdom of heaven like a little child right now by saying this prayer. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all of my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my eternal, everlasting soul. And just praise and thank the Lord. Read the King James Version of the Bible from now on. And share and tell them how they can receive a copy, a CD, or an audio tape. A program number 537, free of charge, including the postage and handling. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505. Or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479 Seven eight two seven four zero six.
Right, this uh praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for another powerful Holy Spirit filled message right from the word of the living God. But right now we're gonna play for you the same London Philharmonic Choir and the National Philharmonic Orchestra uh to play and sing for you all hail the power of Jesus' name. 